Experiencing occasional anxiety is a normal part of life. However, people with anxiety disorders frequently have intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Often, anxiety disorders involve repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear or terror that reach a peak within minutes. These are called panic attacks. These feelings of anxiety and panic interfere with daily activities, are difficult to control, are out of proportion to the actual danger, and can last a long time. You may avoid places or situations to prevent these feelings. Symptoms may start during childhood or the teen years and continue into adulthood. Examples of anxiety disorders include generalized anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, specific phobias, and separation anxiety disorder. You can have more than one anxiety disorder. Sometimes anxiety results from a medical condition that needs treatment. Whatever form of anxiety you have, treatment can help. This episode of The Harmonious Gentleman is brought to you by our friends at Blind Man Brewing, makers of Central Alberta's best craft beer, purveyors of delicious tacos, and hosts of all kinds of harmonious fun. They don't like to brag about it, but they've won Brewery of the Year in Alberta and Best in Show at the Canadian Brewing Awards. Head to Lacombe and check them out. podcast episodes were the floor in the World Trade Center, which is now destroyed, from which you could observe the rest of New York City. You'd know this has to be episode 109 of The Harmonious Gentleman. Wow. Yeah. Is it the, was it the top floor? I don't think so. I think there was maybe 111 stories. Okay. It was just a floor that you could, you could there go was like You could yeah, walk around on. And okay. Many mechanical rooms of very high buildings are also right around that level. Like the Burj Dubai really? and the Willis Building, which used to be known as Sears Tower in Chicago. And it was renamed Willis Tower? I guess so. Oh. Have you guys been in any really tall buildings? Uh, in Chicago. I don't know if it was that one. Might have been like the second. Yeah, we did that one too, I think. And you, really? We had like a food up there. and Yeah, it was oh. nice. And I, I went up the Sears Tower in Chicago, so the Willis okay. Tower. I don't know what the second tower, yeah. the tallest one would be. Did we do the CN Tower in Toronto? That was cool. It's very tall. Yeah. It's the second tallest structure in the world. What? Yeah. Behind thought, the Burge. Really? I don't know. It was second place. It's pretty cool up there. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I'm Graham. I'm Tyler. I'm I don't believe that part about the Chris. CN Tower. Okay. Fact check us, somebody. Or a wall check out. You, you, you don't think it's second place? No. That seems really... Keep in mind, it's not a building like the burge is right it's just yeah. a, a tower like a okay freestanding structure i don't know how Have you, you guys ever define wanted it? to go to the burge but what they call it? oh yeah khalifa, khalifa. yeah yeah do, do, are you drawn to dubai as just a, play, a destination to visit at all no but i do have a thing with going into tall buildings i love it i went in the patronus towers in kuala lumpur those are those they're twin towers connected by like a really high sky oh, okay. bridge yeah which is very cool so i'd like to go to the burge just because it's big we did the empire state building in new york that was pretty cool not super tall it's not well i don't know if it's like on the same level as the other ones we've talked about but it's also isn't it like a hundred years old yeah yeah that's it amazing. was at one time i think yeah boy it's warm outside it's something else mm-hmm. how you do get, you guys feel with the last episode in phil's i i enjoyed making it and i i enjoyed listening to it i noticed that i'm getting into an old habit did you guys notice that no <laughs> interrupting yeah Oh, I interrupted quite a few times. Really, Tyler? Did you notice? No, I just knew that that was Dang a habit that you've confessed. I'm to sorry, before. guys. I even in editing. I'm it, working I, on it, Graham. <laughs> 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 sorry, what was that? I didn't notice. If I, I would try to fix it up for you to make you look better. But sorry. no, I have to work on that myself. Cool. That was a good intro, Chris. Talking about anxiety, hey? Yeah, something that mm-hmm. our podcast has maybe kind of come close to talking about before. We've mm-hmm. talked about burnout. We've talked about mm-hmm. introception, like knowing what your body's telling you. Mm-hmm. We've talked about fear, mm-hmm. things we hate. Those are all similar. Are you going to teach us about anxiety? I'm going to ask you some questions pretty quick here. Okay. Like, I feel like like we just watched Oppenheimer finally the other oh. day. And it was awesome. Uh, I think I felt a little, like a little anxiety watching it. Yes. Is that 
I think. Is that possible? I bet you did. Totally. Yeah. You've seen it, yeah? I had that feeling too. It's good. It's great. Yeah. Do you guys, it's exactly 8.30 and I want you to check your email because I timed an email to arrive right now. No. Yeah. Well, maybe we should take a break and look. <laughs> okay. Well, well, yeah, we'll take a break. We'll come back with the topic. But is that nothing else you want to say tonight, guys? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Maybe. Yeah. We're just hanging out. I was just good. excited about it being 8.30. Yeah. Well, we're, we should acknowledge how nice this room is that we're recording in. This mm-hmm. is like a new little nook, den it's a nook. type room at uh, the Coomans. Yeah. Thank you to Spencer for the beer. <laughs> he, he'll hopefully find out in that episode <laughs> when listening that he provided the beer. Cool. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's check our emails and then we'll come back. And, and Chris, I can't wait for you to walk us through this tonight. All right. This segment is brought to you by Veldheisen Construction. They have been building incredible homes for over 30 years. The Veldheisen team will guide you step-by-step through the design and build process. The finished product will be your design, your selections, your beautiful home. If you're looking to build in central or northern Alberta, call today to get started. Go to veldheisen.ca or see the show notes to get in touch. Um, I think the word anxiety is in our society a lot. Would mm-hmm. you agree? Like we hear it quite a bit? Yes. A lot. Yeah. Do you think you could define anxiety? Well, that's why I asked if you would teach us because I would have a hard time defining it, I think. Yeah. Like, or at least distinguishing between between anxiety, stress, and fear, maybe, like distinguishing the three. Um, in my, but I'll just say kind of the way I think about it is that anxiety is something that we experience kind of all the time. And sometimes you don't even label it anxiety. It's just like your body recognizing that there's a some kind of a conflict or stressor right like if I go outside with my shirt off and it's minus 30 like is that in my head like I'm going to feel some kind of anxiety but it's mm. expected anxiety or like if I am late for uh, an appointment I'm going to feel a little anxious because I want to get there on time Okay. But when I hear people using it around me, it seems bigger than that. And I don't know if I'm using it incorrectly or if they're using it incorrectly. Gotcha. Do you know what I mean by bigger? Like yeah. people when people say I have anxiety, I think I don't think the they things, mean what I'm what I'm thinking. Right. It is. I'm like, well, so do I. Okay. So um it might help some of the things that I tell you in a minute after we hear what Graham thinks. Um I think will help understand how it's defined in community, basically. Sure. Yeah, I don't good. have any much more to say than what Tyler thought. I, I kind of agree, but I also just thought it was like a, yeah, like the idea that you feel it most of the time on some level. It's just this feeling of uneasiness or, but but maybe instead of what kind of copying what Tyler said, one thing I was thinking about is like, is it have to do with each person, right? Like not everyone's going to have the same feeling that you were describing mm-hmm. right like if i if someone's late for something there are people who don't they don't feel they don't care to them that's not that's anxiety not, causing not, so it's almost like defined by each person mm-hmm. like what it actually is but again when we when i hear about it talked about in education circles and stuff it feels like it's a diagnosis thing that it's yeah it's not just me being a little bit upset that i'm late to the podcast tonight like butterflies in your stomach kind of it's more than that maybe yeah. and i think i and i think i actually had and maybe still do but had anxiety in high school and there were some symptoms that i'll talk about later uh, yeah. yeah i'll definitely ask you about that i yeah. and i'm okay if you're okay it. yeah i guess i should ask i should have started this by asking you guys permission to talk about this because knowing what i know reading some statistics that one in four people in canada suffers from anxiety um, that's quite a bit if we had one more person yeah. joining us, at least one of us would <laughs> yeah. have clinical anxiety. But Clinical anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tyler, after hearing him, did you change what you were thinking? Well, another word that just kind of that I associate with anxiety is worry. So, mm-hmm. and I maybe I can better distinguish worry from fear from from stress. So, that might be the way I, I define it is if I were to 
feel really worried about something, I might say I, I feel anxious about that. Okay. But I've also, like Graham kind of mentioned, when I was younger, I had like a diagnosis of mm-hmm. ang- anxiety too. Which you had an is, official diagnosis? I think so. I okay. mean, I was pretty young. Yeah. But, but I, like, so I, and I can remember that, like what that felt yeah. like. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind okay. of all over with what I think. I think you guys are bringing up the words that are part of the definition, but here's how the Mayo Clinic defines it. And I looked on mm-hmm. a few other places and they, the wording might be slightly different, but it, it agrees on these things. It's a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So it's usually real things that are causing it. But the reaction might be um, not proportionate to the feeling. The right. difference between fear and anxiety is that anxiety is generalized response to something that might not happen or be kind of unknown or even internal, mm-hmm. where fear is like a focused response to a known threat. So like a dog is blocking your driveway. You're scared of the dog or... So someone feels scared. It would be like a specific threat. But if someone says they're scared of something that's actually not a real threat, right? you'd call that anxiety instead? Like, I, I don't want to go to that location because there might be dogs there? Yeah, so there's definitely a overlap of these things if you plot them on a mm-hmm. Venn diagram. But um, I think fear is like a threat to a, or a specific stressor is causing you uh, a reaction where... anxiety is typically more general and maybe also less intense when you mentioned you were kind of using anxiety i think the word that they would replace with what you were saying would be stressors right it does that yeah especially like the cold like the cold example like that That would be like a stressor not necessarily an anxiety yeah so when anxiety becomes a disorder where it's actually diagnosable by a psychologist or a psychiatrist maybe is when it's irrational potentially when it's excessive and when it interferes with a person's ability to function in daily life. Hmm. So if you think of we're teachers, a student who like can't get to school because they're worried something might happen to them. Mm-hmm. It's possible that's based on something that actually did happen to them at one point, but they might be transferring what happened in one place to the potential of it happening again. Maybe they haven't dealt with things that happened in the past there's quite a few different kinds of anxieties and disorders that we could well i'll just give you a list of a few okay agoraphobia so i'll often feel like phobias are which is fear i understand Mm -hmm. but here's how maybe you can tell me how you think this is an anxiety and not a fear it's a type of anxiety disorder in which you fear and often avoid places or situations that might cause you to panic and make you feel trapped helpless or embarrassed Mm -hmm. so a fear of places yeah it's not like i'm afraid of school but like public kind of right right. so it's general so it's kind of like like the earlier on you said something that's impending like it's going to happen at some point yeah so that's so broad that phobia that that i can kind of see how that fits it's like at some point i'm going to have to leave my house right so agoraphobia Um, would be an anxiety disorder that's right. That's how they would label that. Yeah. There's another one which is due to medical conditions, and that includes like symptoms of an intense anxiety or panic directly caused by a physical health problem or the fear of getting one. Generalized anxiety disorder is persistent and excessive anxiety and worry about activities or events, even ordinary routine things where the worry is out of proportion to the actual circumstance. Panic disorder is a little more intense than that. It involves repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear or terror that reach a peak within minutes. So I think it escalates really quickly. Selective mutism is another example of um, an anxiety disorder. Separation anxiety disorder is a childhood disorder characterized by anxiety that's excessive for the child's development level and related to separation from parents or others who have parental roles. And social anxiety disorder involves high levels of anxiety, fear, and avoidance of social social situations due to feelings of embarrassment or self-consciousness about being judged. So those are all anxiety disorders. Right. 
which a doctor could diagnose and you could receive hmm. like treatment or care for them. Are these just, I mean, this maybe we'll go into this after. Are these learned? Are these genetic? Are these trauma induced? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. All those are, that's great. Those are great questions. And yes to all of the above. So let's just talk a little bit about um, the symptoms. So it's sort of like, how do you know if you're experiencing mm-hmm. anxiety? And you probably can think of a bunch of these, but maybe I should ask you first. What what would you, what would your body kind of be telling you if you were feeling anxious? Uh, like I'm, it's still now the word that I think fits the best out of all the words I threw out before I think is worry. So I think if I'm worrying about something, maybe like a, uh, elevated heart rate kind of like pit in my stomach yeah Yeah. both of those are on the list sweaty maybe that is too feel sick yeah well the first one they have is feeling nervous which yes (laughs) having a sense of impending danger like something is going to happen increased heart rate you got that breathing rapidly sweating and trembling feeling weak or tired trouble concentrating which i find is an interesting one that that like your cognitive functioning might be i i i I get that like i understand that one for sure yeah yeah um having trouble sleeping i think that's probably very common for people to be up at night worrying like you kind of hear people talk about that gastrointestinal problems having difficulty controlling it so you can maybe experience these things and like you have things you can do that deep breathing or a massage or a hot bath or a cold shower or whatever that might help you but if you can't like have a strategy that helps you that could be a sign of anxiety Mm -hmm. and having the urge to avoid things that trigger it so that's often what leads to those disorders where you're avoiding the thing that you know was going to cause it to get worse This segment is brought to you by Cilantro and Chive. Delicious and creative dishes, a huge variety of locally crafted drinks, and building community in Red Deer and Lacombe. They're the gents' favorite place to grab a bite. I found an article by the World Health Organization that talked about how COVID-19 increased the tendency of the world's population to be diagnosed with anxiety. And this article I found that was written in March 2022 mentioned that the global prevalence of anxiety and depression increased by 25% through the pandemic. And those rates haven't gone down. There hasn't been like a rebound down or whatever the word is. That's amazing. So that's a significant jump in a... A in any years but mm-hmm. yeah so i have some questions that, maybe about that coming up that's but. an unbelievable statistic yeah. do you do you guys find that hard to believe well i still don't know if i fully understand what anxiety is but i think maybe i yeah that's a surprising statistic but i think maybe that time period caused trauma for a lot of people and that even though the like covid-19 has um, ramp down the trauma is still there mm-hmm. so I, I think I understand why it. it's not like the anxiety goes down as soon as the mandates yeah. are lifted like right. there's still mm-hmm. yeah so I kind of get that part but the number is quite high mm-hmm. does that sort of mean like that's a, a rise in instances of anxiety or is everyone a little more anxious you know right like it's sort of this like our baseline is now yeah up yeah good question another statistic i read was that one in five men have anxiety and one in four women and that those numbers start in kind of the teenage years but that that can go away but those are significantly high numbers too yeah so is that have a dis, uh, an anxiety disorder or experience anxiety? What I read was that like if they were to be diagnosed, they would have enough symptoms to be found clinically diagnosable. Okay, but that they're not all necessarily diagnosed. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But anxiety is something we all experience one time or another. I think we all experience stress and okay. stressors and fear. 
Right. I don't know if we all would necessarily, okay. if that well, would lead to anxiety that, in all people. Okay. That's interesting. That makes, uh, when I, I try to avoid using the word anxiety for myself, like it's like a, because that's the way I feel about it yeah. is that it is that we feel the feelings of worry and stress, but I kind of avoid using the word anxiety because it does seem different, mm-hmm. even though there is a universal experience of we know what worry is and we know what right. stress is. Yeah. So that's where the, this is, I know I'm, I'm probably being confusing for no. people listening, but I think that helps Tyler, because if you're thinking of like, a, I don't know if this is exactly like a continuum or a flow chart, but if you think of like fear and stressors and worry, mm-hmm. those are universal experiences. Right. And the feeling you get from that might be worry or fear mm-hmm. from a stressor, but if it's persistent and general and long lasting and you can't get rid of it okay. without work, then that would be considered anxiety, I think. Do you think people overuse the word anxiety? Hmm. When I hear that one in four people potentially have it, then I don't know. I don't know if we're okay. overusing it. But is there like a social contagion aspect to it? I do wonder about that. Right. It's just the word, the, the the meaning just warps over time. Right. Like we've watered it down maybe? Maybe. Or yeah. My colleague, uh, Janice Kootenay, she is um, a mental health therapist in her work. She supervises the community liaison workers in Red Deer Public Schools. She's a social worker. And she talks about regulation, relation, and reasoning, like how important it is to be in relationship with people to help co-regulate each other and ourselves and how your brain can reason when you're in those states. But if you have something that causes you anxiety, your brain goes into a different like set of functioning where you can't access the reasoning part of your brain because you're kind of in fight, flight, fear, fawn, whatever those Mm -hmm. reactions are. So the, the importance of community to regulate each other, and that's maybe why COVID, maybe, that's just a theory, I guess, yeah. was if it disassociates us from each other and we don't have yeah. each other to, to, regulate. to kind of do that serve and return feedback from each other, we right. can't regulate each other. That's It makes sense anxiety would go up in totally. that situation. But when she was explaining to me a few of her co- people that she's worked with and their anxiety and how kind of it seems so irrational but then she mentioned just the story of if i were to get on a bus like i hate using public transit and thinking about using a public city bus like gives me anxiety and it's irrational and it doesn't make sense and somebody could walk me through it but so maybe we can have anxiety of things that like we can maybe think of something that would give us anxiety yeah and maybe we avoid that so in that way we can also actually avoid anxiety perhaps Let's do on that for a sec. Okay. This segment is brought to you by the King's University in Edmonton, Alberta, offering an exceptional liberal arts education from a Christian perspective. King's degree programs integrate internships, work learning, study abroad experiences, and research opportunities. The King's University, bright hope for tomorrow. So there's a psychiatrist whose name is Aaron Beck. He used to, I don't think he's alive anymore, work at the University of Pennsylvania. He created the Beck Anxiety Inventory, the BAI, okay. which has 21 self-reported items Okay. Uh, on a four-point scale. Okay. And you two just did the test. We yeah. yeah, this is the email that you sent us. Yeah, so I sent an email that I was off by three minutes, so it wasn't as awesome as I had <laughs> hoped. Um, yeah. But it... It was a, it's a self um, diagnose well not self diagnosing but self reporting tool yeah. that just asks you questions about a number of things uh, about how you're feeling and what you're thinking. So, are, do you guys are you comfortable sharing what you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. If Graham goes first, I'll Graham? go first. Yeah, I don't mind. I my BAI score was ninety two. No, it's fourteen. <laughs> Is that? Yeah. 92 would be off the charts because okay. it only goes up to 63. It says 14 and it says I have mild anxiety. Okay. I'll just It says that I experience some anxiety symptoms that are mildly bothersome and your anxiety levels are relatively low. It's still important to acknowledge and address these symptoms, etc. So 14. Okay. But when I first read that, I thought, I think I'm a little more. I, that's a little low. 
<laughs> so you you thought it would be higher? Maybe a little bit. Like you yeah. just saw the number 14 and you felt no, like no. it should be higher. <laughs> I could do better. I, oh, the, yeah. You read the descriptor. The description. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's fine, but like I... Okay, maybe, this maybe isn't like the anxious. end all be all. No, I know. But maybe I was just worried that I was, I was anxious. Even yeah, higher. maybe. Yeah. Tyler, what do you mind telling us yours? Yeah, mine was six and it says low anxiety. Yeah. And the descriptor is basically saying that you're experiencing very very few anxiety symptoms okay. maintain good self-care habits to prevent symptoms uh, from developing in the future i scored five and it said the exact same thing and there was one yeah. question on reflection i think i should do it again because i don't know if i was fully i don't know if honest is the right word but i don't know i just really did it quickly to see if this would be yeah. something we could do tonight i had one that i thought the same what do you want to what was it? um it sounds like I was more honest than you guys. Let's be honest. I think <laughs> mine was a shaky one. There's one about like have you experienced one. like That's trembling and shakiness. I said n- never or no. Yeah, I, I said not at all. What were the either never like it's in the last month for I, the survey for listeners. It's in the last month. I think I said never, but I can you could have said I might, somewhat. I remember like reaching for something. My hand was shake a little shaky. Uh. So I've, I guess I have experienced shakiness. This test has different categories. So it goes, I said, zero to 63. Minimal levels of anxiety are considered zero to seven. Mm-hmm. Mild anxiety, eight to 15. Mm-hmm. And modern anxiety is at 16 to 25. Mm-hmm. And then severe anxiety would be 26 to 63. So that is a huge category a hu- yeah. in the numbers. Wow. This wouldn't be a bell curve. No. No. Um, so I think one thing that's sort of interesting about this too is that all the questions, they're not all about the same thing. Some are about the way you think, some of the way your body mm-hmm. feels, some of like your in-tuneness with your body. I've, I, I think this is kind of a respected scale, but I don't, it's not the only thing doctors mm-hmm. would use. Um, do you think it could have asked other questions that would have captured your feelings better? There was, It felt like there was a lot about physical like yeah. heart rate, sweating, shakiness. Yeah. And then I wonder if there could have been more about thoughts. And mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. But I also think I didn't really know yes or no. Like, I don't think even though those physical things don't always register hmm. as I'm going through my day. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think maybe some of those things happen more often i just Mm -hmm. don't really think about it or i just don't notice it or it's hard to self-diagnose in that way because i also wonder if sometimes we're in tune with what our body does but not with where our mind goes or vice versa Mm -hmm. so if a person is really into how their body is all the time then maybe they're gonna score higher or differently than if like a doctor did it for them based on like their pulse and their sure but i think this I mean, I never heard of this before, but right. if we're if we're kind of giving it at least some level of trust that they're that it's respected in the <laughs> community, uh, then they've they are accounting for that. I think that the people taking this are self-reporting, and yeah. it's not going to be. It's just if you think about the last month. I mean, if we should maybe somehow get our listeners be able to try it themselves mm-hmm. but the the, 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 four, the scale was like never somewhat moderately and all the time like mm-hmm. it's even those categories what's the difference between a somewhat and a moderate hmm. like it i think it's designed knowing that it's sort of ambiguous right i'd assume it's built into the into the survey yeah yeah the Too guy bad. who invented this is also the father of cognitive behavioral therapy which is like problem focused and goal oriented psychotherapy, which is a pretty big yeah. deal in the world of therapy. But so he he's definitely a well known and respected uh, therapist. Cool. Um, so if if that was a scale that you kind of were now concerned about, you might go see a doctor. And people do if they're feeling like they're worrying too much, if they're feeling like things that's maybe interfering with their work or their relationships, or if it's difficult to control people who feel depressed and that's often also very closely related to anxiety might have trouble with alcohol and drugs because they're finding ways to cope with their anxiety in ways that are yeah i guess that could be medicating it for them so that they can deal with things and deal with life Mm -hmm. but it's not a healthy way to do that if you think your anxiety could be linked to a physical health problem, that would be another time to see the doctor. Mm-hmm. And then the last one that they that this article mentions is if you have suicidal thoughts or behaviors, 
obviously you need to seek treatment. Well, that might not be obvious, but Mm. listeners, we're telling you, it's obvious to us that if you're (laughs) feeling those things, you need to seek out emergency treatment right away. Mm -hmm. Tyler, can I ask you a question about something you mentioned earlier? You said that you had a diagnosis as a kid. Yeah, did but, you, but did Graham you, had mentioned it too. I don't want to. I, I wasn't trying to one up him or anything. Because, but you can no. ask me. But you can ask Go both ahead. of us. If okay, you first I'll ask Tyler, yeah, and then I'll ask Graham. That's all good. Like, did did somebody do that on your behalf, or did you like present? I was that way to someone. I was. I don't remember the exact age, but um, maybe like junior high, like a, I don't know. Yeah, junior high is my best guess, and I just remember feeling very like sad and worried like when I was going to bed hmm. so it'd be and I had no re like I couldn't articulate a reason for why yeah and I remember going to doctors and like a psychologist psychiatrist actually and I yeah was given medication and hmm. so like my my understanding of it memory of it was that it was like a chemical there was a chemical imbalance Balance, yeah so the the medication i was on was to correct that yeah and it seemed to work and then i grew out of it or yeah like i was on i i mean i could be wrong on some of the details of how long things were but i don't think i was on the medication for that long as a kid mm-hmm. if you had done that inventory would you have scored higher than six um like i think that, so would that have captured that was it was like every night like, like it was yeah. like persistent of, thoughts of trying of to go to sleep yeah like it was just and i couldn't huh. shake it hmm. graham did you have a similar kind of thing no diagnosis and, and i don't even really know what it was but i used to sort of like i, I would call it like a nervous tick hmm. that i was assumed was an anxiety form of anxiety um well first of all i could bit my nails like crazy when i was younger and i don't know how much of that ties into anxiety but i used to just habits, chew my nails yeah. like crazy but then another one was a habit that I didn't realize I was doing it until it was pointed out to me. But like I, I guess I would pick at my hair on the top mm-hmm. of my head, right in the middle, and just pick hairs out once in a while. And then, or one day, my my one of my parents noticed, and I had this like circular bald spot wow. right on my head, like mm-hmm. on the top. Yeah, I didn't even really even notice it until they pointed it out. So I was thinking about that, just like I'm, I I was assumed before talking about the definition of anxiety that I would just. I had some sort of anxiety about something yeah, and it was showing itself in that tick or that habit, not tick, but like a habit. Um, does that sound like that? That's what, that's all I yeah, meant. Certainly it. does. Yeah. Yeah. It was never diagnosed. I never had a medication or anything. I just kind of, did you find ways to medicate it or cope with it? Yeah. I mean the hair thing, I don't think I picked at it anymore. Cause I just, it was so embarrassing that that had yeah. happened. Uh, I did bite my nails all the way up till late twenties. Yeah that kind of like you know that habit and uh, the way I, I I always wanted to quit biting my nails like I, I just hated it so much and I was finally able to quit I think I've told you guys this before yeah I just got shamed by my wife's mm. grandfather I said that's disgusting <laughs> and I was like oh so I stopped doing it <laughs> anyway oh man but I, I could you know looking back on, on my childhood like probably could have been I, I probably could have been given something to help with that maybe I don't know hard to know yeah i think what you two both are expressing is just that it's common like it and i mentioned that with some of those statistics that um we either have it or know somebody who does like Mm -hmm. almost all of us we've we've talked a little bit and and the question has come up like maybe we're still not clear of the difference between stress and anxiety and i feel like i'm not being that helpful but i did find this and i'm going to read it because it might help people under stress experience mental and physical symptoms such as irritability anger fatigue muscle pain digestive troubles and difficulty sleeping those were the symptoms Mm -hmm. we talked about with anxiety too anxiety on the other hand is those things but defined by persistent excessive worries that don't go away even in the absence of a stressor okay that does distinguish a bit for sure yeah do you think it could include it that definition said the absence of a stressor but could it be like uh well, in the, even with the absence of a stressor 
So I think not doesn't always have to not have a stressor. Right. Oh, okay. Because sometimes so, the stressor is like public places or but could, tests. I, or, what I was going to say is, could the stressor just be perceived as much bigger than it really is? Yes. And that would make it anxiety, mm-hmm. not a stress. So where there's not like a the relationship between the actual stressor and its potential impacts is out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next thing I wanted to do was just read a couple scenarios and ask you how you think, um, like a little bit of a cause and effect here. Can we try one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's the first one. Research has shown that girls and young women may be especially affected by being, oh, so may be especially affected by anxiety, like more so than young men. Okay. Yeah. Do you think you like would have like a theory about putting you on the spot big time i know (laughs) it's a safe place this Um, is a safe nook a theory as to why yeah like why might it impact girls and women more more than young men i just feel like there's more social pressures on young women than there is young men just just the way it's set up i guess i don't know um i'm trying to think of how to more better articulate that but maybe tyler can i cannot think of a better way to articulate it um, I could bail yeah. you out too. This is yeah, off of psychology it. today. So um, in this scenario, it's mentioned that the omnipresent influence of um, the pressures of social media and the b- seeing so-called perfect bodies ha- tends to affect girls and young women disproportionately compared to young men. Uh, so body image and self-worth lead to higher rates of depression and anxiety studies several studies in the last decade show that the more time young people of both genders spend on social media each day the higher their risk of having mental health problems including anxiety and depression they must have really good data like pre-2007 first iphone whatever the year was yeah they must be able to clearly see i'm sure there's a study that shows that and i didn't find that no but but like it's like I just feel like every couple of days there's a new, there's now there's good data on this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get on my soapbox about banning cell phones from all schools now. Going yeah. about this, some but, places are starting to do that, and they should. Florida, BC, yeah, and I think the UK. I think we're like, three harshly places. ban them, like no yeah. wiggle room. But that could be another episode for another time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What our last episode was about the news, and I'm was thinking about how when I get into a phase where I I forget those categories you had, Tyler, but like the newsy or when you're yeah. like constantly. Like a hyper newsy. Hyper newsy. Mm-hmm. My feelings of I would answer the questions to that scale differently, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I would get like I could actually feel my heart fluttering sometimes when I'm reading. Yeah, like Twitter. if we did the the BAI survey we did today yeah. after a month of intense news consumption. Yeah, yeah it'd probably score quite a bit higher. Yeah. Okay, let me with your permission. I'll try one more uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, people 25 and under were hit more disproportionately by depressive and anxiety disorders during COVID. So the, there was a bigger increase in that age group than in adults of, for an increase in depression and anxiety. Do you have any thoughts on why that might be? Maybe more, more social, like it would, it would impact I'm I'm thinking of some of my students I had who were in the low, what was the range you said 25, 25 and under 25 and under yeah okay so they're yeah, they're under 25 but like they they couldn't play sports if that's what they loved or they couldn't go to their drama practice or they couldn't play in the band which was a big part of their identity at that point hmm. um or if you went to university and you're doing those same things you're part of clubs or you're like those things were basically shut down so now you're like i I feel like people that age are still forming their identity or it's very tied up in like a social piece like that whereas if you're older like us you're you have a career and our careers continued they changed yeah but we didn't lose our whole thing yeah and there's financial security tied up in that like they're not as financially secure Mm-hmm. with the nature of the jobs that you've got when you're that age and so when COVID hits you know like we like we yeah. our jobs were safe right we were fortunate enough to not have to worry about financial repercussions 
which wouldn't be the case for all adults but that's true but i mean i wonder if that skews younger though just, yeah this, this yeah. mentions all the things you're talking about and also the the fact that not only is like the identity being formed but your human the human brain is developing at really high rates until the age of 25 mm-hmm. so the impact on a developing brain they this theorizes would be especially increased it's amazing to think that we'll be dealing with the repercussions of that for decades so the brain's resilient and it can catch up from deficits Mm -hmm. but the harmful effects are going to be long lasting and we've all seen it in in schools yeah in different many different ways in learning in dysregulation of kids in their ability to socialize and regulate all all the above yeah yeah okay one last scenario one thing researchers found was that since 1990 when accurate measuring began for um, anxiety and depression the rates have never gone down they've always gone up every year what do you think well that's about when i hear that i'm skeptical right i'm skeptical about how they're taking the data in has 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 the test changed but I also would not be surprised if that's not the issue and that's just the way <laughs> things are. Um, well, the mm. I think we're... Uh, you said 1990, right? That's right. Since yeah, 1990. Since 1990. There's been that, some years where they've stayed the same, but they've never okay. gone, they've never never gone down. T- oh, really? I think the... They've gone up or stayed the same. The things that cause... We mentioned news. We mentioned social media or being on our phones those things allow us to see more of the things that cause anxiety more frequently. And I like, and that's not gone down either. Like we're on our social interaction or our connectedness has only gone up as well. Hmm. So like since 1990, we've become every year more and more connected to the outside world. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's, it makes sense, I guess that if we're seeing the, the stressors that can lead to anxiety, hmm. If we're seeing those more often, then we're going to experience anxiety mm-hmm. more. Agreed. Okay. Can't say any. Yeah. The sad thing is this article doesn't talk about any like thing about to counter that or it doesn't even theorize. It just states that as like, a, guess what? They're only going up. And okay. it also adds this mm-hmm. little nugget that there's more support services, mental health facilities and other interventions available now than there ever has been. So that's also interesting. Even with all of those interventions, and many of them are very good, uh, the rates of anxiety but he, don't go down. It's reactionary, and you can't keep up when it's one in four or whatever yeah. it is. Because like, those places, like they treat people who have anxiety disorders. Do they, do they are their prevent. disorders gone, or do they prevent them altogether? Right. Good question. I don't think I know the answer. Me neither. <laughs> if you, what would you like? If you have experienced anxiety yourself or know somebody who has, what would you suggest to do if someone's anxious? Uh, therapy. Yeah. Another yeah. connection, right? Point to have someone who's trained. Yeah. Would be probably a pretty awesome way to start. But I think it's also hubris. Like it's it's like you think you can. Well, I'm aware of it, so I can keep it under control. It's like anyone with any kind of disorder, maybe. And then you find yourself at night not being able to sleep because your mind's cycling through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Well, the question was what, like, what do you tell someone else? And that I think that's that's tricky. Like, and I, but I, I would. This is just going to repeat what Graham said. Recommend talk to someone who knows what they're doing. Like, talk to can talk to me too but i'm not a counselor um right i think we used to kind of you know how in our old format we'd talk in the last section about like if we're going to be harmonious Mm -hmm. how to like is there a connection here and you're kind of getting at that i think tyler yeah i think like well the you gave three r's at the beginning regulate relate and reason right like i think we can do we like me i can help with the relate like i can mm. be a relationship we can i can talk i can listen but i think the like graham mentioned like uh therapy but therapy in the form of 
like a counselor or a psych psychologist. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that more people need to access. And I, I'm hypocritical. Like I, I don't, but I think, I think there's a stigma there still. Like people, like Graham, you said this too, that it's, you feel like you don't, everyone kind of feels like you can just handle it. Right. But maybe be less reactionary and more preventative. Mm. And those, I think those things told, are available. Like the, uh, right. Those are all really good. I think I've told you I'm a grandfather now. I was holding my beautiful granddaughter Collins on my chest and she mm-hmm. was sort of sleeping, but getting fussy. And I intentionally, because my coworker Janice had mentioned this thing about how breathing at the same rate as somebody can help re- regulate them. So even if you're doing that with a student who's starting to get dysregulated. So I wanted to try to match my, I kind of moved her. So her head was over my heart mm-hmm. and then I changed my breathing pattern to sort of try to match hers. And it, it had almost an instant change on her affect where she just settled back down and wasn't wow. fussy. And mm-hmm. maybe that was a coincidence, Yeah. but I just thought that was kind of cool that like yeah. a body who's, two months old can intuitively kind of connect to another body. And I think babies do that when they're nursing and all those things. But like our body has a way of being able to connect which without us even being able to explain it, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think we can all offer that to somebody Hmm. like connection, you know, I'm not going to put everybody over my heart, but maybe relating to them is something that kind of anybody can do yeah Mm -hmm. but some people might be anxious about that and they (laughs) can't yeah well that's uh you can like model some of the the practices that can regulate that's the other art right like so with an adult you might not like you said put their head on your chest and but you can if there's a situation that's causing stress and anxiety you can be calm that's right and kind of model you can just talk slower. They're external. Like if they're yelling, yeah. you can mm. talk in a calm voice. You can. Right. So I think there's something there with the the baby analogy. Yeah. I almost feel like it, it's almost like anxiety can like grow exponentially. Like yeah. you're, you're, the more you're anxious about something, like, like a social type phobia, like the longer you don't go into those situations, right. like the worse it's going to sure. get. Like it just snowballs. And you can just you can just kind of imagine what it'd be like to be so far. Oh man! Right, and how how hopeless that could feel. Don't you think that's probably also based on something that actually happened once? And then if you might go out finally, and you're like looking for something to sure just feed that, like yeah, that person looked at me weird, or mm-hmm. I miss my bus, or yeah, whatever. I could just see how that you could never get out of that cycle. I'll be yeah, it'd be terrible. I uh, I don't know if this is anxiety but it's a funny story that i can maybe end with nice I, maybe i shared this story already shoot my most like embarrassing fight or flight runaway moment i think i mentioned before in the podcast <laughs> i don't know no i did it was a, it's it, probably it worth was, hearing again it was in university and it was like third or fourth year and it was like a pretty high level like astronomy course and we had to do a presentation for like our class and i guess i've sort of missed how serious this presentation was supposed to be. <laughs> I've never heard this story. Just and, I, and I, and last, like last minute procrastinated the night before made a bit of like a poster, <laughs> but you know, like a high school poster where you print off the pictures and of the, whatever. I forget. But this what. wasn't high school. This was, this was a deep astronomy course <laughs> that I was doing okay. in. but I, but I, Oh man, I got to class that day and there was like extra faculty in there for this. And the first person went up to give this presentation, and it was mind-blowingly. Like, <laughs> I had this rolled Stephen up, Hawking? this rolled up poster that I used a glue stick on the night before. It looked <laughs> like a like a no offense to ten year olds, like a ten year old did it. And I just I remember feeling absolutely sick to my stomach, sitting there realizing my turn is going to come. I cannot, I cannot get up there with this. I can't do this. And I just. I was I was sweating and I just remember feeling like like throw, like just all you know those symptoms all the feelings all those feelings but also petrified to do anything like I just sat there frozen like I kept saying like huh. just 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 pretend to go to the washroom just don't come back like just yeah. you know but I couldn't I was just wow. fr- frozen 
uh, in this panic and then and then as they kept going I was near the end of the of the of the row or whatever, and I so I knew I'd be close to the end. Of course, after and, and every project was better than the last one, right? Like every project was like more impressive and like complicated. I discovered a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> I said, and what happened? Um, so it was my turn, and I've never been more embarrassed in my life. But the professor walked over to me and I said, "Hey," I said, "This took longer than I thought." I have a because I was in music. I was in a music class as well. And I just I and he knew that and I I completely lied. I said I have a hmm. a meeting with my uh, for a performance thing. I can't miss it. I'm can I do this tomorrow? And he looked at me just like you can't you can't go, like you you have to stay. And I just I, and I was walking away. I said no no I do have to go. And he's looking at me going you can't leave. And I'm literally walking away from him. Wow. And then I got outside and I just ran as fast as I could home. I've never felt that much self-loathing in my life. I don't think. <laughs> When I think about embarrassment and just that, yeah, that was, the, that was the, the debt. That was the worst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he phoned me or maybe emailed me or something later. And it was, it was bad. Yeah. Did, did you, did you ever get to do the presentation? I had to go and back and like the, I, the next day I had to go in and, and, and show him the presentation, which I had updated. <laughs> it still wasn't great, yeah. but at the end he said, yeah, he's like, uh, so it's probably good you didn't share this. <laughs> like, Maybe this you made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When you mention anxiety, I always just think of that story. And oh, I, yeah. I don't know. You know, great example. Wow, embarrassing. But, all right. On that note, well, that was a great conversation, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for being so vulnerable. Also, yeah. both of you makes for the better better conversations. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You ask good questions. Yeah, you do. Yeah, came prepared. Yeah, I try. Speaking of being prepared, are you guys prepared for the final segment of the show? Mm-hmm. Not yet. <laughs> Let's get there. <laughs> well, it's that point in the program where we get to confess and or recommend things but we've had a kind of an outcry would you guys say from our listeners that yeah. we've had too many recommendations yeah. nobody's listening doing watching or eating the things we're saying yeah and they demand confessions they need us to be more vulnerable and share those parts of our lives and, and we hear you we hear all of you yeah yeah it so, always feels so good to confess too it's gonna feel great in a few minutes all right. Well, Graham, you kind of it's like a two for one for you. So why don't we go Tyler and then sure. Graham? Okay. Um, in the in the past, I've talked uh, down to my cat or about my cat. Yes. Um, it's not a secret that I don't really like having a, a cat as a pet. And this kind of sounds like a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Um, maybe this is a. Yeah, it's a, like a reconciliation story, oh. sort of. I've one th- bone of contention with my cat is that it's very hairy, and she gets like matted fur, and then she gets grumpier, and even less pleasant to Gross. be around. But then we would pay to have her groomed, like oh. get her hair cut off, and that's not cheap, which mm. adds to my bitterness and dislike <laughs> oh, for this oh, cat. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but then, in the past year, I've attempted to cut the cat's hair myself i borrowed some better clippers from my mom and just pinned the cat down wow and made it happen and it has and then i've now i've done it a few times like where i'm getting the picture why she doesn't like you but yes (laughs) no but i that's the the confession is that i might be starting to form a positive relationship with this cat through the the hair cutting process does the cat like appreciate the process um no oh she hates it but i think like just i just did it the other day and it go into a room i close the door it sounds like i'm killing the cat um like it's it's like so loud and but then and the cat's hissing at me trying to get out how is it not scratching the ever-loving out of you i don't know it it, it's like it's like the cat knows this is what needs to happen wow lets me do it um, can't believe I've paid to have it done. That's the other thing. But, uh, and then I'd sit on the couch and the cat came and just like oh, was purring and whoa. sat with me like 20 minutes later. Interesting. 
This is a heartwarming story. It is kind of. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of have a, I play into this repu- this guy yeah. who doesn't like cats thing. Right. So that's the confession element is that maybe that I'm not as tough as I seem when it comes to this. You're slowly yeah. becoming a cat lady. If, if anyone <laughs> yeah. of our listeners has a really nice temper, type temperament uh, house trained cat, email the show. I'll take that cat off your hands at this point. Really? We're kind of looking for a cat. Yeah. Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Tom. I have a freshly groomed one. For yeah. You. <laughs> could, could I like you still wouldn't be sad if she ran away. <laughs> no. I'd still, still go for that. That's funny. Uh, Mike, I have a confession. Uh, well, I did. Chris, you pointed out. I did sort of confess that story from UBC. That's a little embarrassing. Mortifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It w- I mean, it was. But it, it fits so perfectly into the I hope it did earlier it. part of the program that it doesn't really count. I hope so it So you should do that. another one. Um. This one is just from tonight. We had dinner with Heidi's parents. And if you're listening, it was delicious. Thanks again. But I noticed during dessert, I'm sort of eating this cake, this beautiful cake. And I'm looking around the table and I noticed, oh, that person didn't eat theirs. And I noticed all the, the, the members of the actual family didn't eat their cake until grandma sits down. Right. And my confession is that I think they've been doing this for like <laughs> 18 years. <laughs> yeah, it's not a new habit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's been 18 years of this and I've never <laughs> caught up. It's <laughs> awesome. And so I, I, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and not devour the cake in two bites the minute I, I see it. Because I, like she's the maker of the cake, yeah. She's the so last like the to sit down. Thing, yeah. It's like the thing they do. Yeah. By the way, I wasn't gonna have any. Actually, I was trying to not have too much food, but then I got kind of shamed into eating it anyway, and then shamed again. Shamed into eating it early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did someone say something? No. Well, I did. I did. So once I I, I made eye contact, uh, I sort of looked up and I I, I brought it up and every, everyone kind of laughed. Like it was like, yeah, that's what we do, and. Of course, me. But like Heidi's never noticed you doing this before, and I don't know to be honest. I She's just not the kind her. of person who but ever confronts you about anything. The only other empty plate in the table was my brother-in-law, who's married to the family as well. <laughs> <laughs> what? And your kids even are waiting? Oh no, they ate and ran away way oh, before okay. this. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my confession. Yeah, that's like a sign that was ingrained into me. Yeah. You wait till everybody's sitting down to have dinner. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of an ass because I should have realized that a long time ago. No, maybe you weren't taught. Yeah, how do you know different norms? Back in BC, things are different. It's every man for himself. You get food, you just go for it. Also, if you haven't seen Oppenheimer, see Oppenheimer. It's really cool. Yeah, I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did. But I love all the science. I kind of wish there was more science in it. Like there, I wish there was a little bit more of the technical stuff. But I need to see it again. It is really well done. Yeah. Well, speaking of well done. If you want to send a well-done email to the mm-hmm. show and give us some feedback, maybe offer us a free cat, what do you do? <laughs> or tell us about maybe a tale of your anxiety sure. or how you're dealing with it healthily and you want to share that with us. We'd love it. And if and you don't want to say your name, we don't have to. We won't. Yeah. HarmoniousGentleman at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do any recommendations, but you can give us recommendations too. If there's additional reading or resources that we should read or consume or other listeners that you want us to share with about the topic we just discussed or mm-hmm. or anything there's Let no us know. shortage of we like recommendations topic yeah um we also like social media to a small degree and yeah. we use it so you can follow us there um give us a like or a review a good review somewhere yeah please yeah tell someone about us yeah that's your challenge this week is to tell two people to tell two people yeah Mm -hmm. tell one person to tell it doesn't matter tell one person to tell four people yeah get on threads put the word out there (laughs) (laughs) someday i'll sign up for threads threads has just been bustling lately you have no idea really what's not really it's sort of dying a little bit okay well that's fun one one oh what one ten's coming up Already. Yeah, something special for that. Well, this is my follow-up. So I had the climate change episode, and this next one will be part two. I know what the intro is going to be for two episodes from now. Yeah. And if you think one of the nine. number, you might be able to work it out. But 110, we'll see. Okay. On that note, good luck, good night. And God bless. 
Take it easy, folks. On <laughs> the Harmonious <laughs> Gentleman <laughs> Podcast. Harmonious Gentleman.